This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Made For This podcast. We couldn't think of a better way to start season three than with Clint Bruce. As you're going to find out, Clint has an amazing background. He was a professional football player with the NFL and then decided to leave the NFL to join the Navy SEALs. Since his time as a Navy officer, Clint has founded multiple companies and a foundation, one being the Trident Response Group, and he also works with veterans with the Hold Fast Speakers Bureau. So we know you guys are going to love today's conversation. Thanks for joining us. A year ago, I had the opportunity to sit down in your wild office yeah, that I yeah. want you to tell everybody about. Yeah. And it was so powerful, Clint. And so Absolutely. I wanted to have you here in the studio to talk about some of the things we talked about that sure. day because sure. this book about our mind is warfare. Like yeah. we are looking at an all out fight. Yeah, so, 100%. So I want you to tell everybody, though, before we get into it, a little bit about yourself and why yeah. you're here <laughs> <laughs> was born in arkansas uh so we have that in common group yeah. you know uh want to be a razorback and then moved down here to garland my father passed away my senior year so played at the naval academy which was great actually when i was there it was a great naval academy is a great place to be from right not <laughs> an hard. awesome place to be at the yeah. time right so played at the naval academy we had a really really successful tenure there and so it was just really favored and, and really been kind of uh, protected by God and then met my bride Amy actually here in Dallas and it was it was over for me I was like you want to get married she's like can we go on a date and I'm like yeah but <laughs> I'm probably gonna ask you to marry me to call the police or say yes she's like no oh, let's go on a date and here we are almost 23 years later get but then then played a little bit in the NFL uh, no one knows that because I've played the same position as Ray Lewis he's pretty good was also selected to, to go uh, to earn an opportunity to be in the SEAL team so when I was in the NFL it was just very, very clear to me, I love the game, and I continue to love the game, and the game taught me a lot, and I like to think I gave the game a lot, but to be successful in the NFL would have just been more of what I already knew, right? And I've just kind of be, I'm, I love to go where I don't know, and here was this opportunity, this tremendous honor to be selected and, and offered one of 16 SEAL billets coming out of the Naval Academy, and wow. I, just, I just told Amos, like, babe, we got to go where we don't know. And so we went on that amazing adventure and had some amazing tours with some incredible guys. I didn't I didn't do very much in the SEAL teams. I like to tell people I, I did more than some but less than most. And I'm but I'm so proud of the guys I got to serve with and be around that I continue to call friends now. And then um came home and my integration was uh not smooth. Was fortunate to work for some amazing guys in an industry that I didn't fully comprehend or or necessarily appreciate at the time. But then Katrina happened and some people in Dallas Fort Worth knew my background and asked me to go into Katrina. And we went to Katrina, pulled out about a thousand people and, and came back and had this really neat opportunity to be an advisor to families and businesses on matters of readiness. And we love to use the word ready because if I use the word security, whatever you think security is, is what I just became. So if you just watch the season of 24, that's great. But if you just watch Paul Blart Mall Cop, like we, which is, a, you know, listen, that's an important part of it. That's just not what we are, right? So I love helping leaders feel ready to protect. Uh, perform, compete, recover, and transition. And and that's what we get to do at the Ready Lab. We get to help leaders feel like they themselves and their families are, are ready for their risks. We get to help leaders feel like they're ready to perform at a really high level from the neck up. Compete is kind of from the neck down. And then uh, recover is part of all of it. 
And then the fourth pillar for me is helping the leaders from the ball field and battlefield transition more effectively, better than I did, right? So I got to go to your office and your office is a yeah, wild place. Yeah, you're making people ready. It's I mean, not like wild, like dangerous, like there's lions and tigers. Walking. It kind of you know, felt I mean, like that to me. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're metaphorically lions and tigers, but they're friendly. Say, they're they don't, shooting yeah, guns It's like a petting everywhere. zoo. It's a petting zoo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not real guns. They're, they're really good okay. training guns. Okay, uh, that's No, that's not true. They're real guns, but they're shooting training rounds. But okay. it's pretty neat. Yeah, so you are making people ready. And I want to talk about the mind because yeah. obviously as a Navy SEAL, sure. And even NFL, I mean, to be excellent at the things you've done mm -hmm. takes an incredible mental capacity to focus, to not be discouraged, to not quit, to have endurance. I mean, I can't imagine even just Navy SEAL training. Well, listen, you're a competitive athlete. I mean, you're 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 cheering at a Division One level on a big. I mean, I, I in case think you didn't know I, as a Razorback I, cheerleader, I, I he just compared being a Navy SEAL to Razorback cheerleader. That was really cute. Hey, listen, I hear what I'll tell you. <laughs> There's not a Navy SEAL on the planet that would let one of his buddies throw him up 30 feet in the air. We wouldn't do it. We'd be just like, no, I know what you're going to do. You're going to go get a sandwich after you toss me up there. Like, we're not Sometimes doing it, Sometimes they right? did. Yeah, exactly, right? And I've seen the falls. I'm like, no, nah, that's like jumping out of a plane. I'd have parachute. Y'all didn't. Y'all just hit a mat. And um, But but I think it's one of these situations where less is more. Typically, the most talented people don't make it through SEAL training because they've ridden their talent. to and then the, the mountain makes all men and women average mm. at some point in time. And that's the highest mountain they've ever climbed. So it's not a character flaw. They've just never exceeded themselves before. They had the hardest Tuesday of their life. Like every third Tuesday is the hardest Tuesday of my life. So I was familiar with that feeling and that that's what it was. It was a feeling. And I love this distinction between, and I was telling my daughter this, you know, you have the body, you have the brain, you have the mind. And let's call the brain monkey brain, right? And, and the more you cultivate your mind, it's, it, it's, you're not surrendering the wheel to monkey brain, right? Mo monkey brain will take the wheel if you let them, you know? And you understand brain science with them. Yeah. I mean, there's an amazing resource right here in Dallas, Texas called the Center for Brain Health yeah. and the Brain Performance Institute, and it's incredible. And what it helped me do is really understand how I'd done some of these other things in the past so I could do them again in different situations. And I could cultivate others like Philip. You know, he's a he's an amazing kid, and, and not a kid. He's he's in his mid twenties, but you know, University of Texas guy just feels compelled to serve. Everybody's got to make it through SEAL training. Can't make it through a form, but what I can do is I can help him be ready for the surprises. And the mm -hmm. cultivation of the mind, yeah, allows you to weather the surprise, right? So let's talk about fear sure. because that is an issue. Yeah, <laughs> probably the biggest issue for it's women. Real. Yeah, yeah. And so I want to talk about fight or flight yeah. and, and what is that response? What's happening in our bodies? Mm -hmm. What's real? What's not? And how, how do we need to think better about fear? Yeah. So, so I would tell you that neither fight nor flight are, are, are bad, right? You know, fight or flight is, I mean, God programmed those into us. So these are two really good, hey, do I fight this or do I run from it, right? And what training and what understanding your mind and what understanding how to cultivate this positive self-talk and, 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 this, and this chatter, it's, it's, look at the brain as like an uh, open mic night, right? And then something bad happens. If there's no discipline, monkey brain's going to grab the mic and start doing what monkey brain does, just spewing poison or, or negative self-image or all these other things, right? And I told my daughters, hey, absent this language I give myself, I know what my inside voice is going to tell me, and it's not good. My inside voice is going to tell me what the world's always telling me. My inside voice is going to tell me what the teachers who uh, didn't believe me told me. My inside voice is going to tell me what the doubters and the naysayers and all these other will always tell me. So absent that, in order to, to not surrender that mic to like this mental entropy, 
you got to create this positive language, right? And in that positive language is unique to you. You know you better than anyone else. So to be able to hold the mic, right, when yeah. something bad happens. Because something, I mean, just this morning, you know, a series of things, you know, truck breaks, accident on the toll road, supposed to be here at 845, 9. But it's just like, hey, she's awesome. This is a great deal. We'll get there. You know, just, hey, we always win. We always win. And Amy used to hate that. She goes, why do you say we always win? I'm like, you think I'm saying we're always victorious. We're not always victorious, but we always win. And when I say we always win, it means whether I win or lost, if I lost, I'm still going to learn something and you have to beat me a different way next time. Mm. Victory is a, you know, that's a scoreboard, right? Winning is kind of a relative thing that you define for yourself. And I think that's one of the things we struggle with, you know, as veterans and athletes is recreating a language where daily wins and a good day's work is, is real to us because cool. as on the ball field, on the battlefield, though, that language is, you get really fast feedback. I relate to this so much. So our team, you know what we do. We run a large nonprofit for women. And we realized we were never celebrating. We were were never reveling. We were never. And and that fatigue that comes from a type of martyrdom. I mean, that's really what was happening. It's a physiological exhaustion. Yes. And and, and when we added celebration in, it really changed everything. It changed our moods. Yes. And all of a sudden, instead of, you're right, we were seeing the wins and we were Mm -hmm. seeing how much we had to be thankful for. And it was just a whole different way. And we we have to create that language, right? And and, and here's the beauty in it. It can be totally relative. Now, you want to sanity check it with community, right? And you want to live around people who have a, that's where having this conviction really matters because the conviction sets the ridge line. And then common sense and community kind of dictate what a win can or can't be and what a good day's work can or can't be. But you, but you have to create those things. Now you work with all types of companies. You were just telling yeah. me about being at Vineyard Vines, working with them, but you're a believer. Yeah. And so talk about that. When you're talking about fear and these voices and what you're going to listen to, where does God enter that picture. So this is where I think scripture is really important, right? If you want to be a great player, memorize the playbook. If you don't memorize the playbook, you're not going to be effective as a player. And a coach writes a playbook to protect you and to protect the team from not doing what you and the team said they wanted to do. And and God's really clear in this. It's interesting. I was reading this morning, Satan is who Satan is, and we're not worthy foes. I mean, we're not formidable, right? Until we invoke Christ and we invoke scripture. And you look at the very beginning, you know, you know, Satan, he says all the right things and he's a marvelous liar. And, and 80, it, just like you read about the temptation and, you know, it's the, 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 the first one is ask for bread. And, and the second one, Satan actually cites scripture and says what God's going to do. And Jesus is like, Hey, don't, don't test God. Here's a, you didn't use complete scripture. You use partial scripture, right? And so Satan will use incomplete scripture, but because it's scripture, we'll, you know, we'll take it out of context and we'll justify things and all these other things, right? Timothy Keller writes this really amazing short book uh, called the, the Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Yeah, I love it. And basically what he says is like Paul goes, hey, I don't care what you think about me, but the sentence isn't done, comma, and I don't care what I think about me. I care what God says about me. And scripture allows us to hear this triumphant, complete voice and no one gets the mic when you can do that, right? And, and to be able to have this kind of James Earl Jones or whoever's voice you like to imbue God's voice with, that crowds out everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think memorizing scripture is so important is because without scripture, you're going to do your best thinking or you're going to submit yourself to the best thinking of someone else. And you know where the origin of that is, right? 
So let's talk about flow. That's something yeah, you're passionate yeah. about. Yeah, so let's go back to fight or flight, right? Yeah. So fight or flight, neither neither of those are inherently bad or good. They're just, they're, they're responses, right? And without cultivating ability in a process, you, you're going to either go to freeze or flow, right? So freeze is, we, we call it the paralysis of analysis, right? And the brain science would tell you that the amygdala is stimulus agnostic. Like it does not care. Something comes in and it's, it's going to instantly make sure, you know, you make it right. And so it'll freeze unless you give yourself a process to take in what's happening, reconcile it against goals and objectives and the people with you and what you have with you and then, and then make a decision. Right. And so flow is something when we were growing up, they called it the zone, right? But flow is a state where almost time slows down and you can decide whether it's right to fight or flight. Right. And, and the ability to expand time and, and, and not be kind of a victim of the circumstances, right? And you can acclimate yourself to that. Finally, you guys, the book is here. It is available now. You can download it today. You can go to any bookseller that you love and you can purchase it. So go get the book. I'm telling you, this is it. This is the war we're all fighting and I cannot wait to fight it together and to fight for you with these words. I I pray that they set you free in a deeper way than you even knew was possible. So go get the book, get out of your head and you can check out all of the materials we have for you at getoutofyourheadbook.com. Okay, so let's talk about angles. Sure, allies and allies advantages. Allies and advantages. Yeah, so we have a presentation. We're really fortunate. We have kind of four presentations that companies ask us to come and give. And the Achieving Average for me is probably one of my favorite presentations because it really stabs a needle in the heart of talent. And and I think all these people just kind of abdicate themselves from these amazing adventures and endeavors because they think they're not talented enough. But if you slow down and you go, hey, listen, do you know enough about yourself or that adventure to really know whether you shouldn't do it or not? And are you over-celebrating this perception of talent? Because if you really study elite performers, what you'll find is the majority of the time, they weren't the best. They had good talent, and, and, and maybe they had good talent, and then they cultivated this amazing mental strength, and then all of a sudden their talent kind of blossomed, and then you have this perfect storm of, of mental and, and, and physical talent, right? But for me, I've never been the most talented person in the room. So when I say I'm the achieving average, it's a little bit of a play on words. And you know, the achieving average means I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not achieving average things. I'm an average person mm-hmm. that's managed to be able to achieve these things. And so when you look at that and you go, well, why were you able to achieve those things? Well, it's very simple. It's because of angles, allies, and advantages. So angles are understanding your craft, like not no wasted motion. Like I'm not fast enough to make mistakes. So I need to, I need to know where you're gonna run so I can marginalize this, this uh, gap in speed between you and I. Allies, that's community. That's surrounding yourself with people who mean what they say as much as you mean what you say. And advantages are really understanding yourself well enough to know what your gifts are, because yeah. you are gifted for things. Yes. And I tell my daughters like, hey, run away from easy, but pay attention to easier. Easy is an ambush. The only person that can make a mission easy is the bad guy and that's called an ambush right easier means if you're doing something that's worthwhile and good and it's easier for you than others that just means you might be gifted for it and advantaged for it so pay attention to what's easier for you than others because therein are probably some of your advantages right Mm. and i want to help everybody know how to listen to this because they're sitting there thinking i'm not trying to be an elite athlete 
this matters to ball field, all of life. Ball field, yes. boardroom, breakfast table. Right. Let me tell you what. The people that are extraordinary on the ball field but are bad at the breakfast table, that it's uns- the ball field's unsustainable because their family's not okay, right? If you got to pick one, be great at the breakfast table. When we talk about balance, when we talk about pursuing, like, balance is having high ground for hard days. It's that place you can go to remember who you are, what you're about, and why you're doing the hard stuff. And that's faith, and that's family, and that's friends. And that's what we lump inside the breakfast table, right? So if you're not investing in those things, right. don't be surprised when they're not there. You know, we look at this 10,000 hour rule as a maximum professional athletic development, which is it's fine. But my problem with it is we typically apply that 10,000 hour rule to our passions and our professions. Right. But not the rest of our lives. That's right. But you measure what matters. Yeah. So what's a rep in being a good daddy? Right. What's a good, what's a rep in being a good husband? Right. And are you counting those as much as you're counting squats and curls and throws and catches and all these other things, right? And so for me, that's how you build this high ground is you understand what matters to the people you say are your high ground. And if you're not investing in that, don't be surprised when that high ground's not there when you need it, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the allies. And, and I would tell you, if there's one place you need to get right, it's the family. God commissioned three institutions, you know, government, church, and the family. I am uh, unbeholden to anyone to build an amazing family. God gave that to me to do my best at. I am at times awful at it, but I never mean to be. That's why for me, you know, I've got this, literally it's a counter. Like I, I could measure my value to the team by how many tackles I made. And so I can measure my value to my daughters and my girls by what, what's, a, what's the equivalent of a tackle and a sack and a, you know, a fumble and all this other stuff. And just ask, you know, hey, Amy, you know, what, what matters to you? And all right, am I getting those reps? So as a Navy SEAL, I want you to go back to a moment where you felt fear. Sure, yeah. What in your mind was happening? Yeah. And how did you sustain that and go through that? Yeah, so, so first off, fear isn't the bad guy. Fear is often a right response. You know, you crack the, the, the ramp on a C-130 at like 18,000 feet and you're about to jump out. Like, that's like, hey, fear. God's like, hey, so why are you doing this? Right. <laughs> you know, and it's not that he doesn't want you to do it. He just wants you to have a good answer for doing it. You got your parachute? Yeah, I got my parachute, right? I'm more aware with the word afraid, which is what comes after fear. It's kind of like the word I've used to describe the fear of being uh, of fear, right? And, you know, my daughter used to really struggle with thunderstorms. And what I found was in loving her poorly at first and then realizing I was loving her poorly and trying to love her well, I was like, babe, let's talk about the fear of the fear, right? Let's talk about thunderstorms and unpack those and all these other things. But let's talk about what comes before the thunderstorm, which is the fear of the fear, right? And so the fear is one stage, but afraid is what happens when you don't know how to become ready. You don't have training, resources, teammates, and a plan. There's a, there's a really good movie. It's a, it's a pretty intense movie, but called Man on Fire. And it's got Denzel Washington in it. It's about a, a kidnap and ransom situation in Mexico. And there's this beautiful scene where he is the uh, protector of the family, and he's teaching the daughter uh, how to swim, how to compete better, right? And so she goes through this whole thing, and she, she makes her time, and she's so ex- excited. And she goes, I'm not afraid, Creasy. And he goes, there is no fear. He goes, you're either what? She goes, you're either trained or not trained, right? Mm. And so for me, it's, I don't like being afraid. Fear is okay. Very quickly, there has to be a process that comes between the fear moment and either becoming afraid or becoming ready. And that's the space that you're exploring is what is that language that keeps fear from becoming afraid and, and takes you towards ready. And by the way, you can be ready and still be nervous as all get out. 
I mean, you sure. can, right? Yeah. And some of that lets you know you're alive a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. But fear is not the bad guy. Be- being afraid is 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 what Satan wants. Satan wants us to make decisions out of being afraid. I want you to talk to the woman that feels like they're spiraling, that's listening and, and they're looking for, okay, help me today. How yeah. do I take hold of something today and capture a thought and shift yeah. this spiral? So first off, uh, be encouraged by the fact that you could probably find nine or 10 other people spiraling as well. Just just however far you could throw a football. Yeah, that's good. You could throw a football and be like, oh, you, 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 yes. right? We're all really great actors. Nobody's at a lot of, yeah, so talking one, about it. Yeah. So one, you're not, you, you're not terminally unique, right? You're just maybe being more honest with yourself than others. There's other people that are dealing with too. Two, ask yourself how you're talking to yourself. Like what language are you losing? And this is what I think scripture when it's, um, hey, I don't care what you think about me. I, I don't care what I think about me. I care what God says about me. So the language you're using, you know, who's got the mic right now, right? You can come up with these creative mantras all this, all, all you want to, but the reality is scripture is pretty sufficient, right? So for me, as I look at businesses, um, and I'm I'm a f- deeply flawed business person, right? But there's scripture that informs a business plan. And it's First Peter five sixty seven. Do not put on airs. God will promote you in his due time. is very careful for you. As a guy who doesn't have his father, you crave affirmation, and, and you want people to see that and say, hey, you're worth it, right? Mm-hmm. When you don't get to hear this one person say he's proud of you, you try to make sure 100,000 people say mm-hmm. they're proud of you. And then when they do, and it still doesn't do it, now, right. you, now you're resting, now you're right? Stuck. I think all yeah. men are insecure, just some of us are honest about it. Galatians 6, 9, do not go where you're doing what's right, and a time you're harvesting a benefit. Okay, so what's right? What's right right now? What does scripture tell me? What do people I love tell me? What are the right things to be doing right now? Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. you see a person excellent at the work, let not speak for small men, that's before kings. And then Proverbs 27, 2 is let no one boast for himself, a stranger's lips and not his own. And so for me, that's that sequence that I just, mm. and, I, and I, can, I can time, date, stamp peaks in, as an athlete, as an operator, and as an entrepreneur, where, I've, where I don't have to remind myself that that sequence is there. And I can see valleys when I've strayed far from those sequences, right? I'm a visual guy and, and, you know, prayer is something that when I say I struggle with it, I don't struggle with it in the sense that I understand whether we should pray or not. I was like, I'm a, I, I tend to be a, an outcomes guy. So I'm trying to become a, a better prayer, which is kind of stupid, right? Cause you're just like, Oh, be, how do you get on varsity as a prayer? Right? Like, like, you know, <laughs> like, but to come back and, 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 and to really understand grace and, and mm. like this, I had this image popping in my head. I was like, what, what is that? What is it? Like, if you if you understand Christ and you understand salvation, you understand grace, do you inch your way back towards the cross on confession? Is it like, hey, I'm a mile away, now I'm eight-tenths of a mile away, now I'm six-tenths of a mile, the more contrite and all? Or is it like Star Trek, where it's just like, beam me back to the foot of the cross, right? I believe scripture would celebrate the Star Trek analogy, hey, beam me back to the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then it's, and that's the, that's the beauty of it all, is, is to be able to come back to the foot of the cross with, with just an honest, ask right so first you're not the only one two what's scripturally driven language is the mind telling the body and the brain mm-hmm. and are you telling yourself and then three is trust it right and what are you not listening to right like, what are you listening to and what are you not listening to and i think we said at the very beginning that less is more part of less is understanding what not to listen to right you know i tell people discipline is more don't than do it's not adding things it's reduction Reduction is always the mark of a professional. When you see a special operations unit go in the field, what you carry on your 10th mission, what you carry on your first mission are pounds and pounds and pounds different because you learn what the mission doesn't need that contributes to speed, right? And when we're talking about this concept called championing, it's the art of kind of 
whatever you're doing, what does being a champion look like and how you do that over and over again? And we kind of say there's passion, talent, precision, and endurance. And the higher up you go, the more uh, elite the com- competitions, the less passion and talent matter. Not because they don't matter, it's just everybody's got passion and talent, right? So it's not the difference maker, unless all things being equal again. So what's left is you have precision and endurance. And precision is not being right more. I believe precision is being wrong less. Being right more is an academic definition of it. Being wrong less is a more honest definition of it, right? Mm. And endurance is being wrong less for longer than your competition. So for instance, you work on marksmanship. If, If I miss less, I don't have to carry as much as you. So if I don't have to carry as much as you, I'm not as tired as you are when we start fighting. And so it's just applying that to, hey, what does being wrong less look like right here? I was working with this really, really amazing coach and he was talking to his players and he said, make no mistakes. When he said it, I kind of flinched involuntarily and he kind of caught out of the corner. He's like, he's a very perceptive guy. And he's a national champion, Super Bowl championship coach. I mean, he's he is top of the food chain when it comes to that. And after practice, he came to me, he goes, hey, when I said make no mistakes, why did you flinch? I said, listen, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to, I want to be really clear. Like, we're not equals when it comes to coaching. Like, I don't have your rings, all this other stuff. I said, but you're working with genius. That's just who you're working with out there. I mean, I think everybody's got a genius, and, and these athletes are physically genius, and more of them are probably intellectually genius than they think, right? The ability to absorb information and make decisions at the speed with which they make it. I said, and when you make no mistakes, you're inhibiting genius. You're not allowing genius to create and innovate, right? And that's what you want genius to do. You want genius to elevate the craft and innovate and create. If Barry Sanders is your running back, don't say, hey, right. Barry, Barry Sanders run to the A gap and fall down. You just go, Barry run left. And then you watch Barry run left. You're like, other people can do that. That's a new play. No one else can do that. That's just Barry. But the, but the game gets elevated when you allow genius to innovate and create. So when you say make new mistakes, you're allowing genius to create and innovate. But you're also calling them to be a professional. Because in order to make new mistakes, you got to understand your old ones. You got to understand the components of it, right? And so when someone's a pro, they're not going to make no mistakes, but they have a desire to just make new mistakes. Mm. And it's not really about being absolutely faithful to making no mistakes. It's about always trying to make new mistakes. I mean, none of us are perfect, right? But what are you, what are you trying to be and where are you trying to go? And what permissions are you giving yourself to be imperfect that day and course correct off that, yeah. right? For me, that's that's really kind of the three mm-hmm. things is you're not alone. Uh, what are you telling yourself? Where you, where, how are you feeding yourself? And what are you not listening to? Listen mm-hmm. to the right stuff. Don't listen to the wrong stuff. And trust that you're not the only one that's going through it. And scripture is the right stuff. Not Tony Robbins. Not I mean, he's listen, he, I, don't, I don't say that in a disparaging way. I'm just saying like all these books are great, right? Right. Bible. I love listening to Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. Because Ravi make, makes me feel smarter. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, the way he says it, I'm like, oh, I'm smarter. I just listened to Ravi for 45. I just take the SAT right now, right now. I just True. score the highest ever, right? But how are you feeding yourself? Yeah, so good. Thanks so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, no, my pleasure. It's great. Okay, everyone, this spring we have partnered with some amazing ministries and small businesses because we believe in what they are doing out in the world. And one of those is Pine Cove Camps. I specifically thought of Pine Cove Camps because I was a counselor there. That's so cute, Chloe. Many moons ago. What was your nickname? I know they all have nicknames. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, when you work at Pine Cove, you have this ceremony where you stand on a chair and your friends tell all the most embarrassing stories about you and they make you a nickname. And they are ridiculous. What's yours? So my nickname was Winner Winner Picking Dinner. (laughs) 
So they call me Win-Win for short. But guys, in all seriousness, Pine Cove Camps is a summer camp. There are multiple locations and all of the summer staff are college kids who love Jesus and are like amazing role models and mentors to campers. And I just can't speak enough about Pine Cove because it's all about Jesus. It's Christ-centered, it's others-focused, and as you can tell by the nickname, it's seriously fun. I just believe in summer camp. I My life was shaped at a summer camp. I feel like I met Jesus and it's just a way to connect with God away from family and school and church and expectations for kids to connect with God on their own and to have these role models in their life. So if people are listening and they want to send their kids, Chloe, what do they do? So just for you guys, if you use the code Jenny250, you can get $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration. That's so cool. I know, right? I didn't know that. So yeah. if you go to pinecove.com slash youth camp, use the code Jenny250, you can get $250 off for a first-time overnight youth camp registration. Guys, that's awesome. And we got that just for you. So send your kid to camp. It's the best. It's the best.